This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show. This idea that the Giants next year could take a step back, it feels like we're just accepting it as fact and we're not challenging it, it, it enough. And I don't quite understand. If this were a loaded conference like we're watching in the AFC, then I'd understand it. Dable is the reigning coach of the year. All I keep hearing on this station is you know, how much everyone loves him. Love Brian Dable. Love Joe Shane. And rightfully so after what we've seen them do turning this organization around. But if you love those guys so much, how are we expecting that they're going to take a step back. You just paid Daniel Jones rightly or wrongly like he's an upper echelon quarterback. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, it is. We're filling in for Gordon Dame. We're going until 630. Connor Rogers, an hour from now, is going to talk NFL. We'll get into the Jets' expectations. Pressure on Salah, pressure on Douglas. The window, now that Aaron Rodgers intimates he's looking to play uh, for multiple years. We'll talk about Giants and Saquon. So there's a whole lot to get to. Uh, but I do want to transition to baseball, at least for the moment. Giancarlo Stanton uh, hit a home run today. He's got six home runs in his last 10 games. The Yankee offense is, I mean, what am I going to do raving about them against the Royals? But uh, they put some runs on the board last night, did the same today. Uh, Wandy Peralta gets awarded the victory, and that's because Garrett Cole, who had been pitching very well in this game, was taken out in the top of the seventh inning on 99 or after 99 pitches, which I did not get at the time. And I knew that if that move had blown up, Aaron Boone was going to be trending on Twitter, uh, but it did not. Wandy Peralta comes in, gets the win. Clay Holmes shuts it down for the save in a you know, scoreless ninth. Yankees, for the third time since the All-Star break, put a W in that column. And now you go for the sweep tomorrow. You, you go for the sweep against a team that is as lousy as it comes, which uh, I guess you can't even say was the expectation just because of how poorly the Yankees had played. You realize that prior to the year, this was the series. If you are a Yankees fan, you're planning your vacation around. Second to last weekend of July, peak of the summer, against the Royals, I'm good. Nothing to watch there. I'm all set. I can go on vacation, check on the score. We'll be all right. But... After back-to-back series losses in Colorado and Anaheim, that's where you go 1-5 post-break on the West Coast, all of a sudden, this became the series to watch. I said this on the show last night. Had the Yankees gotten swept, let's just play worst-case scenario. The Yankees return from Colorado and Anaheim home against a team with the second-worst record in all of baseball, and they just get swept. How does that not incite a significant change on Monday? Because at that point, you're a 500 team sitting in last place for the first time this late in the season in 33 years. The division is off the table. And now you're essentially drawing dead to run at that wild card spot, the third wild card spot. And I always thought it was kind of flawed when you're analyzing this team and saying, well, once you get your guys back, you'll be good. 
Because now that insinuates they're going to come back and immediately be great. We've seen that Radon, after missing half the season, has struggled so far, which was expected. You can't expect a pitcher to you know, hit the ground running after not having pitched all year. So Judge tomorrow is going to have a simulated game against Jonathan Loisica. They announced on the Yes broadcast today. Uh, so he'll be back at some point. Loisica's coming back. Nestor you know, on his way back. But you can't just sit here and pencil them in for their back of the baseball, baseball card numbers because there is going to be a little bit of a transition, a little bit of an acclimation period. So that has to be built into what your expectation is going forward. But all of that to say, when you look at the schedule coming up for the Yankees, this was a had-to-have-it series. And now that you've taken the first two games, it would be a slight disappointment if you go out there tomorrow, Severino on the mound, and lose. Taking the first two games, you got to sweep. Against a lousy ball club like the Royals, they stink. You got you to take this game. And it was good to see LeMay Hugo apple for a home run. I mentioned the Stanton home run. Two guys that you've invested so much into, and they've struggled massively this year. LeMahieu, what's gotten into him? I got so used to in his first contract with the Yankees watching him just be a machine where twice he finished top five in MVP voting. Stanton, you, you, you know the injuries are going to happen, but at least when he's healthy, you're not expecting him to hit under 200. So it's good to see them today. And, and also, uh, what was it? The, what inning was it that we actually got some small ball to the delight of, I know a lot of Yankee fans out there. I forget which inning it happened in. Uh, it was the third inning, where Volpe leads off with a double, steals third, sack fly gives him, uh, gets him in, let Yankees take the lead. So you know all the people who are clamoring for more bunting, more sacrifice flies, they were elated watching the Yankees do that today. So you get the win, good, and now you have to go out and sweep because following an off day on Monday, you've got two at home against the Mets who, yes, have struggled, but, I mean, you always seem to split with this team. Then you go on the road to Baltimore, and we see how great they've been this year. Back home uh, for the Rays, who have been struggling, but they're still 21 games above 500. So you're facing the top two teams in your division in back-to-back series before coming home for a four-game set against the team you're chasing for the third wild card in the Houston Astros. So the schedule after the series gets really tough, which is why it was so important for them to go out there and get this win. Very important. You could not lose this series. And I already painted the picture for what a series sweep at the hands of the pathetic Royals would have looked like. How on God's green earth are you a team in baseball and in July you only have 28 wins? How is that even possible? How is that possible? They're 28 and 72 with a minus 166 differential. Only to be outdone by the Oakland A's who are 27 and 73 minus 260 differential. I mean, being that bad, it actually takes talent to be that bad. And, you know, these are teams, teams that have bottomed out, they're tanking. And, you know, looking at the landscape of baseball, it worked for the Orioles. It, it works for teams. When you tank the Astros, it worked for them. 
you buy the mountain tank, it works. But to to be a fan of a team that in July has twenty seven wins, I feel I feel badly for you. This is the Ty Butler Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Got to give Harvey credit because he's got he's got the passion for this. He cares enough to actually stay. And work the rest of the show. Meanwhile, Joe Leo, who didn't have any issues working with Grasa this morning or Anita, just dipped right, right, right before this, right before I got on the air. Let's lift it up and show it to me. <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with him? He, he like, what's what's wrong with that guy? Although he did he treat Joe Leo like a complete pigeon. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So the story there was was <laughs> Joe Leo had been producing for dave for months and it appeared in person and saw him and greeted him and dave had no idea who he was apparently so <laughs> he brought his girlfriend with him too <laughs> oh my god that makes it more embarrassing because now you got to sit there and explain to your lady like how someone you've worked with who's uh, you know a celebrity he doesn't even know who you are because he, he probably en route to that meeting or meetup was you know talking about oh i'm excited to see dave that's my guy you know we be hanging out every saturday morning like that's the homie right there and then he pulls up and he just acts like he doesn't even know you so that's that's embarrassing for joe Just pour one out for joe right now pour one out for joe 800-919-3776 uh harvey on the yankees you feel good about this win I would hope so. I mean, yeah, being the the what you call it, seventy one, seventy two lost Royals. Yeah, I feel but good it, about it. Does it make you feel rejuvenated? Does it make you feel like something is on the horizon? I, like this is building some momentum toward the greater goal of getting into the playoffs, making some noise. Now, two wins isn't going to do it for you, but like, I, I'm just, I, I struggle with this because I don't want to be someone who, as a, a fan of a team that right now is in last place, I don't want to be someone who just says, yeah, whatever, you know, they, they beat the Royals. But that's how it feels. Am I supposed to get all excited and celebratory? Is this supposed to be something that riles me up? The expectation was that you would beat the Royals. You're supposed to beat the Royals. They've got 72 losses. Not only Everyone's that. Everyone's beating the Royals. Not only that, but the expectation was that it wouldn't be a ninth inning ball game every single time. Like these games have been like, close, you know? Like last night. Yeah, last night, Clay Holmes almost blew the save. If not for, uh, I don't even want to call it a big running blunder. It was a heads-up play by Volpe getting a fielder's choice to out at third base that the umpire, I mean, the umpire's in this series. They had a ball on a bunt go foul. It was clearly foul when DJ LeMahieu touched it, and they called it fair. Now, the Yankees, it worked in their favor because instead of it just being a strike, the guy tried to advance to second base, and he was thrown out. But, I mean, what's going on with these umpires? Like, every day the case is made stronger for robotic umpires. Every day the case is made stronger. I did tease, uh, were the Yankees ever going to sell at the deadline? Do you realize how mortifying it would be coming into a year at the second highest payroll in baseball 
with the level of expectations the Yankees have and selling at the deadline. Selling. This team, even though uh, Judge is on his way back, even though Nestor's coming back, even though you're going to get back Loisica, selling at the deadline, you've got to sit in a room with the captain of this team and answer questions as to why you're selling. You got to look him in the eyes and say, yeah, man, I, I, we're going to be sellers. I know you're coming back and, and you're, you've run through a wall to get back on the field. I'd actually, don't run through a wall or try to run through a wall because the last time that happened, you tore a ligament in your toe and you've been out since June 3rd. Uh, so don't do that. But we know just how, how, how much this means to you and how badly you want to be out there. But we're going to sell. We're just going to punt on the rest of the season. That, that, to me, that was never an option. I, I, I would have been shocked. And I guess it's still on the table because August 1st has not come and gone yet. But I cannot see the Yankees being sellers at the deadline. And you go back to 2016 when they were sellers with the, you know, Andrew Miller and Aroldis Chapman, who they ended up getting back. That was a completely different set of circumstances. It had been three years since they had won a playoff game. Remember, the last time the Yankees had won a playoff game uh, prior to uh, 2017 was that 2012 uh, division series. Right before Jeter got hurt in the championship series. So three years since they had won a playoff game in that 2016 season. And they were in the midst of having missed the playoffs uh, three of the last four years. It was a team that was getting older. All of your stars were either retired or nearing retirement, nearing the end of their contracts. So you were positioning yourself for the surplus of young talent in the minors coming up to the big leagues and blossoming. It's a completely different team completely different feel you were at a different stage if the Yankees were to sell at the deadline it would be the biggest admission of failure on the part of the organization under this regime because last year they told us they were close ignore the fact that we got swept by the Astros after barely getting by the Guardians we were close if not for injuries. So to at the ensuing trade deadline of a season where you're still right there, there are three wild card spots. You're still right there. And with three of your best players, you know, on the way back, Radon now being healthy, you're gonna say that we're so bad that despite all of that and an extra opportunity to get into the playoffs with the added wild card. That instituted a couple years ago, you don't envision yourself as a team that could just simply get into the playoffs. And why do I say just get into the playoffs? Well, because they keep selling us on the playoffs being a crapshoot. So they believe that all you have to do is get in and you can make something shake. Regardless of, you know, you win the division or you're in as a wild card or you get the bye, doesn't matter. It's a crapshoot. Even though. Every year, I keep watching one of the best teams either win the World Series or make it there, 2022 Astros. 2021, I guess, was an outlier. But the 2020 Dodgers, 2019 Astros, 2018 Red Sox, 2017 Astros, 2016 Cubs, 2015 Royals. Every year, it feels like the 
the bet one of the better teams in baseball at the very least gets to the World Series, but somehow uh, it's a crapshoot. I don't quite understand it, but sure, they keep selling you on that. And if that's the case, then you have to believe you can at least get to the wild card, get to the playoffs, and make some noise. Which is why I I never bought into this notion that they could become sellers. You know, Glaber Torres, what's the value for him? I had a caller last night, Harvey. Oh, my God. He suggested that the Yankees should not only be sellers, but the guy they should look to move is Garrett Cole. I mean, do you know the level of drugs you have to be on to, the, to make that phone call? Now, I get it's Friday night. It's 11 o'clock. You might be sipping on something. But trading Garrett Cole? That guy reminds me of those Nick fans that called to trade um Julius Randle. Now Julius Randle's oh. on the on the level Garrett Cole, but point being, he's your best player, essentially. Yeah, and they and they do the Randle thing because they just don't like him for whatever not for whatever reason. He's struggling in the playoffs, and he's he's giving them reasons to be annoyed by you know some of some of his behaviors. But yeah, to your point, like to just flippantly say, "Here's our best player, let's trade him," it it doesn't make any sense to me. Garrett Cole continues to be an underrated. Somehow, I feel like he's become underrated. The Yankees have been tough on him for good reason. He was on the mound in Game 5 in that you know winner-take-all 2020 uh, series against the Rays where they lost. He went to Fenway Park in, in 2021 in the wild-card game and imploded. He led the league in home run surrender last year. He had the the, the weird, you know, situation where in the season opener he struggled and like blamed it on the ceremony that lasted four minutes. So it was weird. Yankee fans, I, I, he he had given Yankee fans a reason to, I don't think, have a disdain for him and be that passionate in your dislike, but to say, uh, all right, man, like we're, enough is enough. But I think last year during the playoffs, where he essentially carried them past the Guardians, he unloaded and he unlocked something. And now he's actually been great to the point where you're not going to be shocked if end of the season he wins the Cy Young. I checked the odds in Vegas, and he's third best to win the Cy Young right now. Came in today, uh, into today's game with a 2.78 ERA. He's really the only pitcher in the rotation who every time he takes the mound, you feel great about what you expect to get from him. Because everyone else just uh, seems to be a question mark. But as far as, you know, this team selling at the deadline, it was never going to happen. That would be such an admission of failure on the part of this regime. Like, how do you sell that to your fans? How do you sell that to your team? And how do you then, if you're how, bring this same regime back next year? I know I spent the second most money in baseball. I know we've got the reigning American League MVP. I know we just went out there and locked up our number two starter this past offseason. But at the deadline, and where you know three teams can qualify for a wild card, we're going to sell. And then everyone who's responsible for this year being a disaster, we're just going to bring them back. It doesn't make any sense. 800-919-3776. We head to the boogie down to talk to Dino. What's up, Dino? Oh, what's up, Ty? Um, <clears throat> I feel like the Yankees right now, I wouldn't say exactly like stuck between a rock and a hard place, but like how much better 
are you going to get when Rodon starts being a little bit better and Judge comes back? Like, if you're playing 500 baseball right now, is Aaron Judge the one, like, the best player in baseball to where, yeah, he's just going to magically wake everybody up? Like, no. You you still got to get past, what, the Blue Jays, the every other team that's ahead of you in the division. You know what I'm saying? There's too much to do and such short amount of time to do it. They got to kind of catch lightning in a bottle to get in. And then once you get in, it's like, what have you done in the off season? Like, what big changes did you make that made you that much better to get different results than you've had the past years? You know? I agree with you, Dino. I agree with you 1,000%. I appreciate the call. First of all, the division, you say it just ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. The Yankees, because the Red Sox lost today uh, in the first half of the doubleheader, the game uh, they resumed from last night, the Red Sox lost to the Mets. The Yankees right now are no longer in last place in the division. They are in fourth place. But they're still eight games or nine games back of the Orioles who are in first place. And you'll play the Orioles. You'll have your, ch- your chance to make these games up. I just think it's unrealistic to expect you to go from being what you've been so far where there's a large enough sample size to just say that this is the case for who you are as a team. You go from that to just you taking off and everyone regressing so significantly where you, where you leapfrog them. So I think the division is off the table. Taking a look at the wild card, it's Tampa, Houston, and Toronto occupying those three spots. You are three games behind the Blue Jays. Certainly you can make that up. You, you can absolutely make up three games on the Blue Jays. And if you are someone optimistic about this team's chances of still becoming a contender, you subscribe to that theory I just outlined about the playoffs being a crapshoot. That regardless of where you're slided, you can make a run. But to your point, which is where I tend to agree with more, what have you done the last couple of years to, to, to show me you're, you are worthy of being given that benefit of the doubt? What have you done? Because all I keep hearing at the end of your final playoff series that doesn't happen in the World Series, it's usually before that, or you know, since 2009, it's been prior to that. All I keep hearing is, well, they lost to the better team and injuries. So why am I to believe that after your most disappointing regular season, at, you're in the midst of your most disappointing regular season since when, 2016? So you got to go back seven years to find the last time you've been this disappointing in a regular season. And then after that, you're going to get to the playoffs and all of a sudden things are going to change. I don't see it. I just don't see it. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. So I saw Bleacher Report just put out, Joe and B got married. My response to that, at Ty D. Butler on Twitter was, Finally got a ring. One way or another, Joel Embiid was getting that ring this year. Now, he can't get out of the second round of the playoffs. Sixers haven't been out of the second round of the playoffs since AI took them to the finals in 2001. So, 22 years. Embiid cried his way to an MVP, which, I mean, he deserved it. I don't want to say he cried his way to it, but it's funnier to phrase it that way. Uh, He deserved it. Uh, Jokic really outshined him. And it it was a miserable postseason for Embiid. 
And to have the narrative switch that way in your favor, it, it be in your, it's right in your grasp. You've got the Celtics on the ropes, up 3-2, and you lose back-to-back games, and in Game 7, you weren't even competitive. And then on the other side of the bracket, Jokic pretty much marched through the Western Conference and won a championship and did so in historic fashion. Jokic became, what, the 11th player in NBA history to win multiple regular season MVPs and a finals MVP. So all of that happened after you got your regular season MVP award. That's just a, a, a rough stretch for Joel Embiid. 800-919-3776. Sometimes I just I can't help myself on Twitter. <laughs> at Ty D. Let me go back to the phone lines. Vince is in Brooklyn wants to talk Yankees. What's up, Vince? Yo, Vince. Take us off speaker. Yo, take us off speaker oh, phone, Vince. Don't be disrespectful. No, Don't be disrespectful, man. Don't I'm be not, disrespecting oh, I'm us. Sorry. Oh, I'm not on speaker, bro. I'm not on speaker. <laughs> nah, I got a, I got a, I got a cheap you. piece of phone. Oh, um, no, listen, when you're talking about selling, who do you think are they going to be selling? With the Yankees? Yeah. I don't think they're selling anyone, but that was just a thought process that had surfaced. Like, could Glaber oh, be on I the thought, I took it. You kept saying, oh, you, you kept making it like they were, like they were going to be sellers. And I'm like no. saying... Who are they going to be selling? Uh, you know, but that's they, the point. Would... That's the point. Uh, when, when, because it became a real conversation, you know, once they started struggling. And you're looking at this thing and you're saying there's no chance they're going to make any noise. So if you're not buying at the trade deadline, start selling some pieces off. you got a high payroll. Start and, and, and the story was also that they could look to try to get under the luxury tax. But you look up and down this roster and they don't have a lot, in my mind, that Teams luxury tax, they, they, ain't, they ain't gonna do no luxury tax. They, they, you know how they do. They Yankees, they got money. Listen uh, about that NBA thing you said. Yo, Lakers, Boston, been going through things, going through changes. Teams been going through things for the last five hundred years. All right, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how you, what you be saying about uh, about 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 what they be going through. The Sixers, the Lakers. And the Celtics have been going through it since the seventies. You understand what I'm saying? They're going, going through controversy. Through what? I said, I'm just saying. I'm saying they're going through controversy. They, you know, they they ain't been the cleanest teams. Everything, you know what I'm saying? Listen, who was in the car with? Who was in the car with Teddy Pendergrass? Uh, when, when Teddy Pendergrass well, uh, got, uh, got got smashed up in, in the car accident, Dr. J's wife, Turquoise. And you know, I mean, listen. You got things. What? Like, what, what are you respond? I'm confused as to what you're responding to. I was oh, talking about you were saying something. You were saying something about controversy. You were saying something about controversy with, like, with uh, dude that just got married. I didn't say anything about controversy. I was letting these jokes ring off about the fact that he won the MVP, didn't win a right. championship, so he found a way to get a ring. Hey, that's nothing controversial. I appreciate the yeah, comments, the, 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 but that got that got nothing to do with what we were talking about. Uh, I I have no idea what just happened, Harvey. Did I did I miss something? You must have uh, gone off the deep end. See what you got when you start trolling again. I, what <laughs> what happened there? What's he talking about? People getting stabbed up. Like, what happened? I, I, I don't get it. I was like, who's this Pendygrass person? 
Pen- well, Pendergrass. He's ta- yeah, he's talking about the artist, uh, Teddy Pendergrass. He's talking about the artist, but I, but I just don't, I, I don't get it. That sounds like one of those, like those, un- those you only know, talk to like uncles and whatnot, like a barbecue. And then they yeah, start like went- divulging <laughs> into like old school stories. Yeah, he just kind of went off the rails there. You wasn't with me back. You wasn't with me back in '88 in that car. All that stuff. Yeah, I mean, what? Do, yeah, yeah. That he that he was off his rocker. I don't know how we get to you know R and B and I love me some R and B, but that I that just came out of nowhere. By the way, I want to give a shout out. I was watching the Yankee game earlier today, and uh, Michael K mentioned it was Meredith Morakovic's birthday. So shout out to Meredith. I know that following games, she is a big listener to 98.7 ESPN. I'm totally making that up. But in case she is listening, I wanted to say happy birthday to her. Big 4-0. And, of course, Lonnie and Harlem's tweeting at her. Come on, Lonnie. Stop being thirsty, bro. You know I love you, brother. 800-919-3776. Uh, so, yeah, I, what I was saying about the Yankees selling, I, I, I wasn't suggesting that they should sell. I was saying, you know, based on what we've heard, there's rumors that it could happen. They could try to get under the luxury tax. That's all. I didn't say they should be sellers. I, I go the other way. I don't think they sh- should be selling at all. You, you, I, I, I don't foresee them going that far. But you've got to give yourself a chance, especially with the talent that you have on this roster. Maybe just maybe you can tap into something. But there's going to be a lot of pressure on Cashman. Not that there already isn't. I, because if the Yankees don't win the World Series this year, which I, I don't think any of us or I shouldn't say any of us, most of us, if I could find a way to you know, quantify that, most of the fan base doesn't feel like this team is destined to win a championship. So if that's the case, you're marching into next year, 15 years removed from last appearing there, where half the sport has at least gone to a World Series. Half the sport has at least gone to a World Series. And you haven't been there since 2009. So we're, we really don't have... Any evidence that Cashman at this point, in this era of baseball, where you know the Yankees don't have the advantages they had before, we don't have evidence that he's capable of building a championship team. We just don't have the evidence. We know that he's capable of building a really good regular season team that can get to the playoffs. But I mean, we're past the, the times of celebrating playoff appearances. It's been too damn long since they've went since they've gone to a World Series. It's been too long. So now we need to have it come together and it lead to something more fruitful in the postseason in October, because that's what makes the Yankees the Yankees. And if you're going to tell me they're no longer the Yankees, then I guess it's a harsh reality. But if you're going to still run by this championship or bust mantra, come on now, you got to make something happen. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Harvey, they're coming at you on Twitter. I don't know who Teddy Pendergrass is. Come on, man. Well, what year was Teddy Pendergrass? Go on. Teddy is like 80s. Okay. So I was born in 95, but- right? But that doesn't, I mean, come on. I mean, look, there's no Teddy excuse, like I guess. 70, yeah, Teddy was like 70s, 80s. There's no excuse for that. 
Like if I long you know, dick, Re- give me the long do you know dick. Who, do, do, you, do you know who Reggie Jackson is? <laughs> yes. If, uh, sorry, he was in the 70s. But he was a sport. He played a sport, though. Come on, you gotta be. Uh, you gonna be on this program? You you gotta know. You gotta know your music history, my G. All right, next break we'll come back with our Teddy Pendergrass thing. There we go. Let's do that. We could play that EPMD. So what you're saying coming up? We we gotta get all the vibes going. It's Saturday afternoon. It's not raining. Every weekend it's been raining. So uh, I, I'm feeling good about that. I'm going to see Oppenheimer tonight with wifey. We going. You doing Barbie too? To that. You're doing Barbie nah, too? Nah, Everyone nah, at the station is doing, doing this Barbenheimer thing all of a sudden. Nah, I'm doing I'm doing the Oppenheimer tonight. We'll, we'll see what happens there. I'm looking forward to a three-hour movie. I mean, that's not up my alley. You're going to fall asleep. I get that. You're gonna I'm not going to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I can't. <laughs> I can't pay money and then fall asleep. Like I'm paying money to take a nap. I can't do that. And raving reviews, everyone says it's it's fantastic. So I'm looking forward to watching it, but the three-hour commitment is rough. That that's I'm more of a 90-minute to you know two hours. I'm up in there, I'm out of there. This movie starts at seven o'clock, so you're gonna have me in my seat to about seven or uh, to about ten, 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 ten thirty. I don't know how I feel about that. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to OG Ray in the Bronx. What's up, OG Ray? Hey Ty, what's up? How you doing? I, I'm I'm doing well, man. What's going on? Okay, so uh, yeah, I still got the prediction uh, with the uh, American League East. It's gonna be tight. Baltimore's doing well, but they're gonna be tight with Tampa for the uh, that division. But it's gonna go down as uh, Tampa Bay. It's gonna be tight. I still think Tampa Bay will take first. Baltimore, uh, Toronto, and then Boston. I don't see the Yankees going nowhere. Like I keep saying this, but you know, I don't know. There's there's no, there's no hope. I mean, just they won today. I mean, really, you won today. You're still a last, regardless. But um, I don't. I don't. Well, they're a half game. They're, they're a make, half game. They're a half game ahead of the Red Sox because of you know the Red Sox didn't oh, okay. finish that game last night, so they'll play right. the Mets. Okay, but they yeah, can't. The they can't jewel. Yeah, because they can't jewel on that tie. But I don't. See, okay, the Yankees probably will make the wild card, but I doubt it. And if they do, they're not gonna. They're not gonna take out nobody. They don't because the the division, other divisions, are gonna be tight too. But I'm saying, American League, it's going to be tight, man. And um, all I'm saying is that I don't see the Yankees really going further in the playoffs. That's my prediction. I feel you. I feel you, OG, right? You have every right to, you know, to take that stance. Appreciate the call. The Yankees just haven't given you anything to feel, to feel great about this year. And especially to the point where it's all just going to turn around and work in your favor. We haven't seen that happen you know, throughout – Throughout this tenure uh, uh, of Boone, uh, Boone's Yankees haven't been to where Girardi was, 27 outs from being back in the World Series. It just hasn't happened. So uh, to, to see what has so far been the most disappointing regular season under his belt as the manager and feel like that's just going to turn it around and, you know, you get judged back and you get a couple of your pitchers back and you're just going to go on some run. I, I can understand feeling like that's not what the cards uh, are, are leading to. I can understand that this is that's not your destiny. We had the St. Pete to talk to Spike. What's up, Spike? You're going to enjoy Oppenheimer. Yeah, I'm not big on three-hour movies. I went back-to-back to, back to see uh, 
down here. It's, it's like living in Cambodia. So you know, the movies, <laughs> if you go out. So well, the oh, theaters man. here are great. Though. The seats are great, man. You can fall asleep easily, so be careful. They yeah, recline. They I, got I, <laughs> See, that's that's setting me up for failure, Spike. I I I, I was up early with the kids. You know, I yeah, went and worked out. I went and worked out. I'm doing the I, I, I'm 30, but it doesn't feel like it sometimes. Did the workout, yeah, came back, doing the show, and now I've got a three-hour commitment and a, and a comfortable movie seat. This this is just lining me up to, to spend mind, money to go take a nap. Your mind will be fine. The movie's great. Uh, by the way, Teddy started as the lead singer with Hal Melvin and the Blue Notes. Just, uh, he left us too soon, unfortunately, but yeah. what a great, what a great performer. Yeah. But uh, if you don't, not familiar with Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes with Teddy, just check out the old stuff. Anyway, look, the Yankees, it, the base was a bad, a lot of bad teams. This team's terrible. And uh, meaning, uh, Kansas City, there are a lot of bottom feeders. It's the old, I think it was Harvey who said something about, Maybe the playoffs or the caller. Sorry, I'm a little groggy, but I'll tell you, if, if they get in, they get in. But is it, are they going to score five runs in the games again uh, in the playoffs? It's just, it's yeah. just such a repetitive pattern. And I mentioned to someone the other day because you know when you're on, I'm going to find you. That I it's it's that. important. You know, it's important to me that you know they haven't had a they haven't reset. Since '92 or whatever the year was, I forget. But in 30 years, they haven't had a down period. You know, relatively speaking, their win total hasn't varied by more than I don't know what 20 in 30 years. You know, put that in your pipe and smoke it, as the kids used to say. So enjoy yeah. the movie. You got plenty of energy, and uh, you're doing terrific. The more I hear of you, the prouder I am. I appreciate that, Spike. Appreciate the call. Yeah, it's been since, what was it, 92? The year before I was born. That was the last time the Yankees uh, were an under 500 team during the regular season. So that's how far you got to go back. But it, it is getting tiring, you know, having that be the reason why we can't complain or the reason why we should just, you know, shut our traps and, you know, focus on the fact that you're better than, at least you're not the, you know, you're not the Mets. You're not as bad as the Royals. You're not as bad as the Guardians. You're not as bad as, you know, the Tigers. You're tired of hearing about that. Uh, for a while, there was a standard. Now, if we're changing that standard, then okay. If it's not, you know, winning four championships in five years, that's understandable. But to go 15 years without a World Series appearance, that, I mean, at some point, we have to acknowledge that that in itself is a failure and that you are every, you have every right as a fan to be disappointed. You have every right as a fan to be critical of this regime. I think I got the song I want you to play, Harvey, uh, the Teddy Pendergrass song. That turn Lay off the lights me. joint. That turn off the lights joint still ringing off. What are you trying to say here, man? That turn off the lights. So that's that's a classic. We're gonna have to. We might have to play that. Might have to get that that speedos, the Cadillacs. There's a whole a whole lot of songs. I'm just coming into my mind right now. That you know we're gonna have to get before we get off the airways. Because I'm gonna need you and the callers to give me the energy, give me the boost. Got this movie tonight. Three hour commitment. But that I'm not excited about that at all. Because it's just it's putting me in that mood. Lights, lights go out. Eyelids start flapping a little bit, and all of a sudden, twenty minutes later, you missed everything that that just happened. 
So now I got to tap my wife, and she gets annoyed whenever that happens. When I tap her and I got to ask her what's going on, she gets bothered by that. So I can't, I can't have that tonight. This is a, a, a big-time movie. Everyone's talking about it. So I got to make sure I'm part of the conversation, the commentary. I got to be, be able to weigh in on these things. My friends are all talking about it. So I got I to gotta stay ready. I got to stay alert. I got to be... I got to be on my on my game tonight in the movie. So I'm looking forward to that. 800-919-3776. Speaking of what I'm looking forward to, my guy Connor Rogers coming up next. He's going to talk Giants, Saquon Barkley. I, I've got to get the answer to the question I asked at the top of the show, which is why have we just accepted that the Giants are going to take a step back? I don't understand that. I'm uh, going to talk some Jets, of course, go around the NFL. So a whole lot to do. We've got you covered. Going until 630, Ty Butler in for Gordon Damer. Keep it locked right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.